2: Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Cantania with Jim Cramer and David Faber. We're on watch for a bit of a consolidation day today after six straight record closes for the Dow. Nasdaq at a two-week high. Got a Fed meeting beginning. A winter weather brings a disappointing retail sales number on this anniversary of the worst Dow point drop ever. Our roadmap begins with the Fed, though. Morgan Stanley today speculating the Fed could raise rates sooner than many expect.
0: Plus, shares of Apple are moving higher, Evercore boosting its price target, signaling sustained growth over the next few years. And OxyContin maker Purdue Farmer proposing a $10 billion plan to exit bankruptcy. I'll give you the full details. We've got an exclusive interview with Purdue's chairman Steve Miller, which we will share with you in a few minutes. Carl. Carl.
2: All right, David, uh, let's get to uh, the market action this morning. Jim, uh, our producer Peter Shacknow now tells me today that if the Dow can rise today, that's eight straight gains. Uh, we haven't done that since September of 2019. Look,
3: this is a different time. And you pick up The Wall Street Journal. What's the lead story? Air travel showing signs of turning quarter. Next, banks eye cash reserves for profits. Then the next, housing boom is different. Then the next, positive article about Tesla. Another one, China, don't invest there. I mean, the money is coming here. And I just think that when I hear that, I know there'll be people say, wait a second, that is a bad sign or they want to take the other side of the trade. But I listen to Scott Kirby this morning in United Air. I listen to these upgrades of the of the cruise lines and how they're able to raise rates. And David, I come back and say, you know what? It's a good time to invest. Sorry.
0: I understand why you might think that it is a good time to invest, given the potential avalanche, by the way, you didn't even mention, of cash that may come in as a yes. result, at least, of some of the uh, checks that are going out right now. Um, not much of it, but enough of it could make a difference as well.
3: It's going to square. Cash app buy. Robinhood, cash app buy. Robinhood, trying to get ex- extra money. David, there are people lining up to get into Lucid Air cars. <laughs> My car. Do <laughs> you see that? Anybody see that on Twitter? I'm interviewing Lucid, I, and who wonder, sneaks I, in?
0: I wonder how long. I wondered how long it would take for him to get upset about this. Nine oh one. Yeah, it, we hit it quick. Yeah, yesterday. Well, it happens that I do have an existing relationship with the sponsor of the SPAC that took Lucid public, as you well know. And he happened to be here, Mr. Klein, and he called me and said, "Come out." And we have known each other a very long time.: I, and I liked did. Michael I didn't Klein Allison was there.
3: I, I, I liked Michael Klein until just now, and then I, I did not know that. Oh my God. And then I got in the car, <laughs> and I took some pictures. What's but, the problem?: Now I, a problem.: No, but I bring this up, Carl, for a particular reason. You do have a genuine excitement. Now we could say we have genuine excitement like we did in 1999. We have genuine excitement about a company that has five billion dollars, largest back. Uh, can build three assembly lines with that cash if things work out. And this is different from 99. I keep people hearing people saying it's the same thing. But you know what? There are very shrewd operators who are doing a lot of great things. And Peter Rawlinson, if you believe in, uh, in Tesla, maybe is next Tesla. And if you're a, a 20-year-old kid watching our show who's going to get the stimulus check, I bet you buy Lucid over Tesla, which is Churchill capital
2: for it's going to happen. Yeah, cool. uh, obviously, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of headlines in, in the auto sector, which we'll get to uh, later in the hour, uh, guys. One of them is just the uh, capital raise new stock offering over at Nikola, uh, some comments from G, uh, VW and Ford Jim about the chip shortage. Overall, though, this notion uh, that the cycle, in the words of Morgan Stanley this morning, is going to run hotter uh, but shorter uh, than many exist. A big thematic note out of Morgan Stanley today that basically argues fed hike uh, rate hikes could come not in uh, twenty four as most uh, think is going to happen, but maybe as early as q three of twenty three and maybe sooner
3: look i i 'm watching some of the uh, of the companies that where the earnings are being pulled through, and you have to just look at these airlines and just make a sense that two thousand and twenty three is going to be red hot the the cruise ships two thousand and twenty three they could inflect in two thousand and twenty two I think that things are uh, the, the uh, co- I like the cost in view, the golden view. This is going to happen, but we can sustain it. I do think, though, uh, and the uh, utilities were doing it, uh, well yesterday. But I do think there's so much to like. I mean, David, did you see all these price target raises for Caterpillar, for Deer, for Cummins? Right. Uh, and you know what? Those companies are doing terrifically too. So we have a lot of companies doing but, very well.
0: But Jim, the names I want to know are the ones that are not fully reflect. I mean. You know, Why? how much of the airlines already reflecting these expectations? How much of the cruise lines, which are not down anywhere near? I mean, a year ago, right, you thought it was over right. for all these businesses no, we'll for a that. long period of time. And, of course, the stocks did get crushed then. But right now, there are levels that are really not down that much. Yes, from where they were, all right. All right. Well, let and me. So ask my you. question becomes, all right, and normalcy. What I mean, what, they're going to get back to what 2019 levels in 2025. Yes. So what no. are you willing?
3: No, that's wrong. I'll tell you why. You,
0: I'm the, just it, wondering what you're willing to pay for them and how much they're already reflecting the opening trade that we're talking. Well, about. you know, I've been recommending Boeing the whole way. I'm still
3: recommending Boeing. Nothing good has happened at Boeing. A Couple of orders, but everything else is bad. Windows, this that. Right. That. I think, David, you have to look at your own social calendar. That's what you have to do. Okay. Carl, you look at your own social calendar. Carl. Is there a weekend that does not have some event that's been postponed? Is there a weekend that you do not have to buy, where you don't have to buy a present for someone? Is there a weekend where you're going to get on a plane and that plane is not going to be fully sold? This is the, it's not just pent up demand for your house and pent up demand for for uh, buying a car. It is pent up demand for every event that has been postponed. I have four weddings this fall. Four weddings. And they were all supposed wow. to be last year. That's-
2: yeah, no, I, I get it, Jim. And that's one reason why a lot of the headlines this morning out of the airlines aren't about traffic, but about fares. Southwest seeing fares trend up. American Air starting to push up domestic pricing. United, as you said, Kirby summer ticket prices rising on higher demand. Goldman is a note out this morning, guys, and they argue if you're going to play the airlines, uh, the best two ways are going to be Alaska and Alaska. And UAL, which are still, Jim, at uh, discounts to historical multiples. But the index overall is up up almost 40 percent for the year. But look at these second rate retailers. They're
3: blowing through their levels that they were uh, before the pandemic because they're the last people standing. I think I listened to Kirby uh, this morning with that excellent interview by Phil LeBell. And I said, wow, I thought this one had moved too much. No. I think it can go up further. I do think that Boeing is going to be a storehold of planes that people need. David, it's not that I'm so bullish. Okay, It's that people are going somewhere and doing things. And a lot of it has to do with things that have not been done in the last year. And I had a discussion you might have liked with Andrew Ross Sorkin this morning. Yes. I am now, I'm listening to Sean Donovan, who I've known for years. Yes. Uh, I've listened to Ray McGuire, and I think, you know what? I want to be mayor in New York. You may just get a lucky hand here.
0: Uh, we can only hope that one of them gets a lucky hand. And, well, I'm not going to, uh, yeah. But uh, I still think it's a pretty tough uh, tough road ahead for And that's for because York. what? Uh, Any number of reasons, including just tax revenues, property taxes are 42 percent of the overall revenue base, I think, for New York City. Sixty six billion. That's before you get state and, and federal aid for a 90 something billion dollar budget my expectation would be property taxes are going to be lower, values are lower, Uh, commercial space lower. So they still are facing a very difficult time. If they really want to go through the numbers and understand what they're going to need to do to balance a budget, and then you cut services and quality of life comes down and it becomes a negative cycle. So I'm not sure you want to take that job. Uh, But I certainly hope that whoever does is going to have the wherewithal to do what needs to be done. You you don't think that all the big
3: declines that we've had were
0: times to buy? Say again?
3: All the big declines we've had in New York were times to buy.
0: They were. And this may prove it again. Yes. Um, but again, I just come back to the numbers, which the political candidates running for office may not want to do. They may want to run away from those numbers. Maybe it's a good time to borrow. Maybe it's still a good time to try to put money, you know, to, to, to borrow as much as they can. But you've got a fixed number for the for the budget as well. The city of New York is about 21 billion at least between pensions and benefits. It's just tough. And I do happen to look at those numbers a lot. It's an interest of mine. Back to our numbers, though, Jim. What about uh, Apple down 6.5% this year? What about Amazon down over 5% this year? Uh, what about the growth names? Netflix down 4% this year. When... Um And do we sort of rotate back to, well, I shouldn't even say higher growth when it comes to Apple, but do you know what I mean? To the the growth names that have led the market for so long, including, of course, Fang. Now, Alphabet, Alphabet, by the way, is an outlier. It has had a very strong year so far, up 17% after those very strong numbers that got people looking at it in a different way, particularly when it came to their willingness to sort of um, focus on the core business. Uh, and save, you know, not save money, but increase margin.
3: Yes, and uh, this, this, this Google Cloud services is right. is, is really coming on. Right. That's uh, Thomas Kurian. and last Yesterday, I had Lisa Suon. Carl, I've got to tell you, they're doing such business with Google Cloud services. They are now mentioning Google Cloud in the same sentence uh, as Azure, as the Amazon Web Services. That had, that hold back. So that is by far the best of the fangs. But I thought the Evercore piece... Uh, about how apple's going to find me i've been arguing this with tim cook for ages you have to give it at least a consumer yep. product multiple i thought this was a common sense piece by amit been, uh, sorry if i don't you know, pronounce the name but this is very common yep. this was very you've common been saying sense piece. that
2: you've been saying that for years jim uh, well, that it would eventually get a, a staples multiple but they do go to 175 bull case 225 i know uh, out of amit so uh, to your larger point about apple by the way uh, and we're going to talk to meet later this morning oh, on, on the 11 a.m. B- hour. Perfect. Um, the, the the Foxconn chairman, in the meantime, Jim, uh, addressing uh, questions about the Apple Car, says it remains a rumor. But over at Webbush today, uh, they're they're trying to game this out. They believe that Apple's going to wind up with VW as they engage in what they're calling the EV dating game right now.
3: Well, boy, it, it, yeah, yeah, I've loosened on tonight as we talked about earlier, but. This uh, Volkswagen. Yeah, Volkswagen's huge, and they are going all in. And when I spoke to, to Peter Rawlinson, this whole notion that we're going to be from 3% EV to, in the next uh, five years, say 6%, David, I challenge that. You do not have Volkswagen wanting to sell a million EV in 2021 and believe that we're going to have this big of an internal combustion engine strength. I'm telling you that internal combustions, David, by 2030, major impact. I've been saying this on energy. I've been wrong because energy doesn't work on based on 2030. But right. you don't have all these batteries and think that we're all going to be pumping gasoline. No,
0: but I mean, you know how much a percentage of a barrel of oil really goes towards that. And certainly if you don't, Mr. Woods and Mr. Worth are happy to tell you. Um, what? And then the numbers will we'll have to see what we really look like in 2030 in terms of what percentage, yeah. uh, you know, it's not just new vehicle sales, which will be a large percentage. Right. But the vehicles we have right now are lasting a
2: long time, Jim.
0: Yeah, Carl, I think that. Well, what can I say? It's, we're all going to go EV. period.
2: All. When we come back, guys, uh, David's interview with the chairman of Oxycontin maker, Purdue Pharma on the company's bankruptcy reorg. And you got to hear this sound from Jim a year ago on one of the worst days of the market ever. Back in a minute. All right, let's get industrial production from Rick. Yes, Carl, we are expecting a number up three
4: tenths, and this is a huge miss for our February read on industrial production, minus 2.2, minus 2.2. This is the worst since April's all-time low, which is minus minus. 12.7, that was, as I said, April of last year. But this somewhat makes sense. Whether it's weather-related issues, uh, supply issues, these are all having an impact. But do remember, the weather side of this is going to slowly disappear. A revision last month's up 9 tenths, now up 1.1. And on utilization rates, a huge miss as well. Expecting a number around 75.5, 73.8. A Uh, a slight revision in the rearview mirror, but not much. 73.8, that is just... Uh, unbelievably weak, and it takes us back uh, to numbers that we haven't seen in a while. Remember, pre-COVID, these numbers were in the high sevens, 76, 77. So a big miss there. Watch the interest rate complex, of course, because these numbers will not be lost on Chairman Powell and the Fed beginning their first of two-day meetings. David Faber, back to you.
0: Santelli, thank you. Uh, some news this morning uh, late overnight uh, involving Purdue Pharma. Of course, uh, our viewers may recall this is the company uh, behind OxyContin and certainly one that has been in the sights of regulators uh, and state AGs and many other uh, leaders at the national and local level uh, for being behind the opioid crisis or in part uh, that has uh, swept this nation uh, with such unfortunate consequences, including over 2020 again, where. Deaths were extraordinarily high, uh, unfortunately, from things like uh, fentanyl. Uh, Why do I mention it? They've come to a settlement. At least they hope that they've come to a settlement. It's going to the bankruptcy court, of course. They've got to get the creditors to all agree to it. They seem to believe they have. It involves a, a $10 billion Um, contribution, essentially, from the company towards opioid abatement. I spoke to uh, Steve Miller. He's the chairman of Purdue. He and I actually sat down originally some 18 months ago when he first took over uh, that job to try to obviously take the company into bankruptcy uh, and to um, forge this plan, which still has opposition from some states. But take a listen to Mr. Miller as he explained why this is the deal everybody should be happy about and accept.
2: We have designed this program where the money all goes initially to a national opioid abatement trust and from that is distributed to all the various creditor groups, but under a guaranteed commitment that the money will only be used for opioid abatement purposes. Never before have you seen this amount of money, $10 billion, being devoted to opioid abatement. And it's only available through this plan, assuming we can get it approved. And I think when people think about it, they will come around to the notion, well, I might have liked something slightly different, but this is certainly a lot better than going into endless costly litigation that may end up with no proceeds going to anybody.
0: And that, of course, is the key that he is going to continue to uh, to um, emphasize, by the way, the entire interview with Mr. Miller available online. But let me quickly update the story, of course, because we do have state AGs who've already coming who are already coming out um, in opposition or at least saying that they are disappointed. And in fact, that seems to be the press releases from across the board here from many of these states that have still stood in opposition. We're disappointed on this plan while it contains improvements over the proposal that Purdue announced and we rejected in September 19. It falls short of the accountability that families and survivors Deserve now the Sackler family, of course, which uh, was at the heart of Purdue, increased its contribution from some three billion to four and a half billion dollars. Two hundred twenty-five million of that is actually going to the DOJ guys, but the remainder will go into this fund. Then there's a plan to essentially put current Purdue into a public trust. You know, it's still selling OxyContin, Jim. It's oh. it's going to also uh, uh, produce a lot of naloxone N- 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 and uh, the other. Uh, drugs that can be used uh, um, to, to help when somebody is suffering from an overdose. Um, and the money that will be spit off from that public trust will go towards this as well. But some states say, just sell it. They don't want it to be under any sort of government uh, oversight of any kind. They just want whatever the remaining assets are to be sold. Well, David, look, you've consistently, for you interview what Stephen uh, who's an old hand and yes, is not yes. remember, some. No, no, no. He had nothing to do, obviously, with the operations of this company years back. Remember, he oversaw the, the Chrysler bankruptcy, yes. AIG. I mean, he is, you know, he is uh, uh, still at the top of his game at 80 years old, Mr. Miller. But this has been a tough one, no doubt. But I just I remember your September
3: of 2019 interview. Yeah. I mean, he traced out what he wanted to do. Uh, he's been true north the whole way. And I think people should understand that he just said over and over again, this money goes to the right people. What more do people want, David? Well, what more you, do people
0: want? You've heard it. The states want, apparently want the Sacklers. They want them to pay even more. And that's been a key contention. And uh, they are had, there is some opposition to the idea of the company continuing in some form, even in the form of a public trust, but continuing to be what it is, as opposed to just having it sold. Obviously, asbestos. the name will change asbestos asbestos Mr. Public Miller trust. discussed those things with me as well. Say again. Right. Asbestos public trust. Kind of similar. Right. Wow. Similar in a, in a way. Wow. Um, but, Carl, certainly important news that we wanted to get to from a deeply, deeply um, disturbing story of many, many years in duration. 80,000 overdose deaths last year oh my uh, in the United States, uh, many of them from <laughs> the synthetic opioids that, of course, have... Right. Uh, unfortunately um, done so much damage to so many communities around this country.
2: Yep. Uh, Numbers don't even begin to tell the tale, Uh, David. uh, That's well said. We'll take a break here. Getting some uh, headlines this morning on the AstraZeneca vaccine out of regulators in Europe. Some interesting calls this morning on Ulta, uh, the cruise lines, Roblox. We're back in a moment.
0: All right, let's get over to uh, my lucid uh, air dream driving friend over there for a mad dash. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> All right, there's an alpha
3: called Biohaven Labs, BHVN. This is emblematic of what I see happening a lot. They're offering $200 million in common shares today at 76. Why do I know these guys? They have a miracle drug called Nurtech. I am the spokesman for the American Migraine Foundation. This is an incredible drug, melts under your tongue, gets rid of, the, of, the, uh, uh, of migraine. No one even knows this company, jeez, but does get rid of the migraine typically in a half hour which is rather remarkable. We resume work. But David, whether it be Nikolov, which is offering stock, and I know that you're, that's near and dear to you, <laughs> or uh, Biohaven, if you wanted to worry about what could happen in this market, is if everybody offers stock. Now, this happens to be company stock, mm-hmm. but a deluge of stock is not what this market can handle, even though I think that
0: it can handle Biohaven. Although there are some companies that would be well, uh, well suited to doing an offering when their stock uh, prices are up 155%. Or more. Uh, and they're in a position to raise enormous amounts of money that would not be that dilutive. Time am in would... Han's favor again. Well, I'm, I'm just saying.
3: Right. I agree with you. OK. But but Ryan Cohen is a genius. <laughs> and the fact that you can criticize him by suggesting
0: that I, they need money. I was actually back- I was actually talking about Viacom. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about Betsy Cohen. Yeah, no, no, I wasn't talking about her either. I was talking about Viacom. If you could get Betsy Cohen to come on and talk
3: about this new deal, then uh, you really would have cinched it, given the fact that you had Steve
0: Miller. Yeah, uh, she is coming on 1030. You know that, with eToro. toro uh, which we're going to watch, actually, around the bell. Um, How do I get an interview? Oh, you know what? Enough with the sob story, okay? You take every single thing. You're just sad that I happen to walk out to say hello to a friend of mine, and the car was there. I, I apologize. I am bummed. Yeah, I know. Gotta a handle. long day. <laughs> well, yeah. Enough with that. Get that off. I look, <laughs> I look ridiculous. But hundred, it, uh, what, hundred, what 160,000? When he was 000? going over the, all the flaws, 000? did he go over all the flaws with you? Sort of because they're still working on so many things. There's so many things in a car that have to be perfect. Well, all I knew it that when we were driving a hundred, when we were
3: driving 80 miles, uh, 80 miles uh, per hour. You know, zero to 80. Yeah. I got thrown. I was almost running right through the car. When he did a quick, sharp turn. Yeah. And I loved every minute of it. It's
0: like a Bugatti.
2: <laughs> Guys, there's the opening bell and a look at the S&P at the bottom of your screen. Um, you know, Jim, uh, sticking with the car uh, theme, Ford today did say that if this chip shortage, and we're going to listen a little bit later on to what Lisa Sue told you about it last night on Mad Money, but if it extends beyond the first half, uh, now they're looking at an impact of as much as $2.5 billion. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we got news out of GM yesterday that some of the models coming off the line may not have the fuel management software. As to David's point, there's three to 5,000 components uh, in a car, and if only one of them is missing, uh, that can keep them off the line.
3: Yeah, and Ford uh, seeking a $2 billion for convertible debt offering, so I expect that to put pressure on, on the common stock. Uh, I, Lisa sue has got, as she said, she's CEO of, of AMD, they're making everything. I mean, they've got it. Don't 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 look at them as a shortage for shortage. There are other companies, uh, NXPI in the auto business where they should be working around the clock. Maybe they are working around the clock. I don't know. David, you know, NXPI. I guess that was the company that should have been bought. Someone would have made a, a, a killing
0: buying that company. Qualcomm had a deal. One twenty seven fifty. Not Qualcomm sure why that number it. sticks in my head, but that was the number one twenty seven fifty. Yeah, Steve should have done it. Molenkow. He was He tried. To. It was. Yeah, it was wasn't allowed to. Yeah. Carl, actually, we keep a close eye on Sammer, uh, the, the antitrust regulator in China these days, involving uh, aid. By the way, they've got a deal still there. AMD, don't they? That uh, they're Z- waiting on
3: Xilinx, uh, uh, but that'll be done in a no, year. The
0: Xilinx deal. Right. But there was a smaller. Yeah. OK. Not a problem. Uh, the, the last deal, Carl, was Cisco getting that deal done. Not uh, a problem. Uh, right for yep. uh, for a
2: Right. And, and here's what Lisa told Jim last night about this ongoing issue. Take a listen.
3: And a lot of the investors I speak to say, well, wait a second, Jim, you talk about this chip shortage endlessly. Is that good or bad for an actual chip maker? So is it good or bad for
2: AMD? It's good. I mean, it's very, very good. We're very pleased that people are um, excited about our products, you know, want more of our products. Um, you can count on us uh, ramping uh, production capability to ensure that uh, we get, um, you know, overall supply match, uh, matching demand. And you can count on us growing, you know, every quarter of this year for that reason.
3: There you go. Hey, look, this stock's down almost 10% for the year. All right. It was at 99. It's doing a deal that'll make it much less. Uh, really much less dependent upon gaming, PCs. Uh, This is incredible. People say, Jim, is there anything in this market you can buy? Yes. Listen to what Lisa Sue just said. David, there are companies that benefit because they can charge more. Their stuff's in demand. There was a terrific presentation uh, by Google Cloud, terrific presentation by Azure, by Tencent, which has an amazing cloud company. And I just think, listen, there's things that you can still buy.
0: You can buy them, David. Look at the move on five
3: years. Well, Lisa Sue turned a company around that was moribund. Uh, and you have been bullish on it more well, or less it, the entire way. At five dollars, over. Carl, at five dollars, uh, yeah. Lisa Sue took me to the woodshed, told me that I should get off the intel horse, that I was out of my mind. I hadn't done enough work. Did I even understand the roadmap? I mean, it was it was kind of, you know, I got school. And when I was finished with the dinner, I came home and said to Lisa, to my wife, I am on the wrong horse. I am back in advanced micro. Plus, she's from a few blocks by- from you. She's from Queens. And, what's it, well, and what are you doing with the intel then? I mean, Lisa Sue's obvious. And boy, was this ever right. And David, who didn't follow his Queens instincts, Jack Lou, probably so excited this morning. Uh, Far Hills well,
0: actually. Yeah, even closer to home for me. Yeah, yeah but
3: yeah. Lisa Sue's amazing. She's incredible. She's my CEO of whatever age you want. Uh, for years, I don't know, five years. The only, the only person can get to go near is Jensen Wong. Uh, they are oh, not related. There's a story that's related. but That's NVIDIA. Uh, another one without a blink. This is how people make money. They find these stocks, and they make money. And Carl, we have to present them as opportunities, particularly when they're
0: damn. But, you are, yeah. down. but But to that point, when you've, if in fact you've been along for this entire ride, if you were lucky enough to just not sell, I mean, at some point, don't you want to she has a, you want to take some profits. Here? She has a roadmap, a multi-year roadmap.
3: And I know Intel is breathing down their necks because of Pat Gelsinger, who will tell you from VMware, who's come into that he's got the he's got the uh, mojo. No, it doesn't. It's not about mojo. It's about orders. It's about partnerships. It's about what Lisa Sue has done in the interim of Intel stumbling. And they still run hard. They run aggressive. And I've got to tell you, Carl, this stock, this company, still the one to be in, particularly when the Xilinx deal closes. Then you've got diversification, and they can crush it. Xilinx quarter last uh, was terrific, Carl. They, they're accelerating in the revenue. And I just think this is one that people are leaving behind, even though the chip shortage is a winner for them. Look at that dip. Look at that. Yep. David, I know, is looking right now at that reverse head and shoulders. He's seeing it. He wants to buy it just like he wants to buy a, a Lucid for $180,000. Oh my God. Don't
0: even start with me. I, I Listen, I'm, I'm on the good side of all those crazies now. Just let's leave it there. What, the diamond hands? Is that what you call them? That's you.
3: I call you the diamond hands. The diamond hands. Oh, my God. Do you not even look at emojis? Oh, you, Carl, come on. who you gotta is you got to here? know Carl. about
2: the diamond hands. Carl, I know. I'm I I need- not, that's... I- it's one thing not to go shopping, but you got to know Diamond Ants at this right. point. Oh, my. Uh, Carl, I need your help. You know, if I actually,
0: if you were here physically or, one, you know, you'd help me. Because
2: during a commercial, you'd
0: turn to me, you'd tell me what the heck's going on. Um, what can <laughs> I t- We can't we'll, do it we'll this there. Way.
2: Yeah, soon. We're, um, we're going to get there, actually. Um, David, we're going to get there with the help of uh, more vaccinations. Of course, the trend continues to be positive. I mentioned, Jim, earlier these headlines uh, from the European regulator about uh, the AZN vaccine. No indication in their view uh, that the blood clot issue is related. Uh, In the meantime, you got Moderna beginning testing on kids between six months and 11 years old. They're going to get Almost 7000 healthy kids to participate in this phase two, three study. And Fauci has indicated that that might be uh, something you could begin doing for kids of that age, maybe before the end of the year.
3: Well, look, I I just I'm just I marvel at Moderna and what they've done Uh, now beginning to know more people who have gotten shots, by the way, that haven't. Uh, my daughter had the in Spain. I look ten million people, no side effects. I'm not saying there's look vaccines gotta work, but I will say that we are beginning to broaden The number of stocks that are being talked about on Wall Street bets. They're finally talking about things like PayPal, which is going to do tremendously with this new with the checks that are coming. They're beginning to talk about other. uh, Well, they're not supposed to talk about crypto. Every time I tried to post it, they say no. Uh, But it is a remarkable time. And the money's coming, Carl. And it's going to go, I think, to square for slivers. Of Bitcoin, and I think it's going to go to companies like Moderna. It's not going to go to Fang, Carl, and that's what I think is ailing Fang. That is not that are those are considered to be. We should come up with that with acronyms, Fuddy and Duddy. That's what Fang is to them. <laughs> FUDDY
2: well, and it DUDDY. reminds me, Jim, of the the B of A, the B of A fund manager survey today, which says that uh, the biggest drop in tech exposure in 15 years. And for the first time since last February, uh, the number one tail risk, according to the survey, is not COVID. Uh, it's inflation and a potential taper tantrum.
3: Well, that means you got to keep buying Caterpillar, got to keep buying Deere, uh, got to buy Agco, Cummins. Those are the winners. Uh, and it's happening right now. Uh, those stocks continue to get uh, get boosts. A lot of the analysts, by the way, were are using they cut their price targets so big that now they are coming back and the price increases. You know, United Rentals goes from two sixty five to three fifty. I mean, look at this. You, 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 David Caterpillar. I mean, Caterpillar. It, this thing has not even had an inflection in earnings yet. And it is going up. Right. And they want roadblocks, you know, and they want you know, they don't want. Amazon. They don't. They look at Netflix and they think, give me another channel. Uh, well, that may be
0: short-sighted. What? In general.
3: I agree, but who am I? I'm not Amit Canabar or West String Fellow or Mad Tendi or Android Build 7 or Call Me... It's one, one that
0: you can't read on there. But Guys. I did give money.
3: <laughs> How much did you give? I gave money to Save the Gorillas.
0: Okay, That good. was a cause. Was it? Yeah, I'm behind that 100 percent. You're not anti-guerrilla? No. Good. This 100%. is something he and I agree on, Carl. <laughs> yeah. Carl, uh, before we uh, before we head to Bob, just real quick in SPAC land, did want to mention fintech acquisition. Corp 5 uh, is up about 17 percent. That's a Betsy Cohen fact that Jim was referencing earlier. They're doing this deal with eToro. Think uh, Robinhood, in a sense, even bigger uh, in terms of the platform, but not here in the United States uh, In other parts of the world. Um, and th- people like the deal. Uh, this was a company, by the way, that was said to potentially be ready to go public at a five billion dollar valuation not that long ago. Now it's valued at ten billion dollars. Uh, we're talking roughly. I've got it at about nine or ten times 2022 number uh, revenues. Is what hey, you're putting that as so that has got to be one of the largest backs oh yet. 9.7 times 22 revenues. Um, yes, did, it's a very large SPAC, $650 million pipe. And again, we are going to be joined by, uh, by uh, both uh, the founder of eToro and Betsy Cohen, of course, whose SPAC is uh, doing this deal. Wow. Philadelphia. off your zone.
2: Hey, guys, uh, one last thing before we, uh, before we do get to Bob as well, uh, guys. It was a year ago today. Uh, Jim, that the Dow was down 3,000 points. Uh, S&P was down 300 points. Worst ever uh, loss for the Nasdaq on a percentage basis. The VIX was 80 plus. Uh, Jim talked about all of that on that market day on Mad Money a year ago. Take a listen.
3: I've tried to be constructive this evening, but I want to be sure you understand my view. OK, not only not out of the woods, but man, if you're in travel, you're in leisure, uh, entertainment, restaurants, OK, hotels, aerospace. Bad. All right. Bad. I don't I don't have anything good to say. I, I have not anything good to say since the Super Bowl. And I redouble my not having good to say. Well.
2: Wow. Jim, wow. It, it kind of points to what you had been saying in the weeks leading up to that. And that was that this was a biological crisis, that you were more interested in vaccine news than, say, Fed support news. And man, did that manifest itself on that day?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I was with some people who were at my a birthday party for an age that has a lot to do with Medicare. And uh, they were laughing that I was uh, in February saying, listen, uh, hell is coming. No, I didn't say hell is coming. I never did that. Uh, but the things are very, very bad. And there were people here, even here who laughed at me uh, as a scaredy cat. But you know who watched the show and believed? Jay pal Steve
0: Mnuchin, took action. They did. They
3: did not un- sit I by. unprecedented.
0: They broke the glass on, uh, on the plan, and they, they came to... Uh... What, broke the glass? Was it was a wedding? <laughs> no, it wasn't a wedding. That Broke you know, the glass? Yeah, broke the glass. Got out the emergency, whatever oh, you need. Yeah. I thought they stomped on the No, no, no. <laughs> I there was no stomping going on, Jim, but uh, what a time that Bedroom was. Federal brass, huh? And yes, he's taken a lot of shots at me today, but I will, uh, I'm going to have to wait for the next big birthday to make amends here. For my next toast, Carl, you were there as well to uh, to walk back all of those jokes that I was able to tell, uh, which obviously uh, he was. Worried. I was the butt of so many jokes by David. I wish we had a tape of
3: that. Oh, my God. He's worried. He's worried. He acts as if it's going to be an international
0: pandemic. <laughs> it's not funny, actually.
2: No, uh, guys, funny. well, the picture is much different today. Uh, S&P record high. Let's get to Bob Asani. Hey, Bob.
1: Hi, guys. Uh, tech is back, uh, but the Russell's weaker and the reopening trade's a little bit weaker. Take a look at the sectors here. Uh, so you can tell uh, that uh, momentum's back when you've got tech leading, China leading, and the IPO market is back, too. We bottomed a couple weeks ago than that. Those are three big leaders, growth leaders, that tell you Growth is back. You see banks and energy. There's your reopening plays. Industrials are weaker. Materials are generally weaker here. So, again, growth is returning a little bit. Look at the sectors. Uh, You look at tech. Uh, Chips are leading. Of course, you get the usual AMD. You get Micron. You get Xilinx leading. You got Apple having a good day. PayPal, which is also sort of a growth bellwether also leading. uh, The bottom here was March 5th, March 7th, uh, March 8th. I think March 5th and 8th were the bottoms here for those sectors. Oil stalled out at 65. Energy's having a little bit of a tough time. I wouldn't say it's in tremendous weakness, but it's certainly um, uh, flattened out rather noticeably in the last few days. There's your big uh, beta names, uh, like Occidental, uh, high beta names, uh, having a tough time. VIX uh, was Below twenty uh, briefly, um, and that's the lowest level it's been in a year, so there's another sign of uh, easing concerns uh, we were uh, at twenty 20- in february of uh, of last year uh we've got the bank of america fund manager survey global fund managers every month and i'll tell you what's really interesting about the survey this one the biggest risk is inflation and a taper tantrum wait a minute the biggest risk has been covid for 13 months covid is not the biggest risk anymore wow that's a sea change in attitude inflation's the biggest risk now uh i think that's really significant so the the here's an interesting question they ask what would cause a 10% correction on the yield Going to 2%, almost 45% said that would be it, a 10% correction. 2.5% is where bonds would be very attractive relative to stocks. Again, very interesting changes in attitude in this. Usually this doesn't have a, a big change in position, but uh, this one really was very interesting. Uh, you were, the guys were talking about March 16, 2020. That was a wild week for all of us uh, on the floor. We had three circuit breaker halts uh, trading for 15 minutes, uh, halted on March 16th, but to the week before as well here. So we'd never seen anything like that. We were dusting off all those circuit breaker rules frantically. The Dow was down 12.9% that day it was the second biggest percentage loss ever. And that's what's important. The biggest one was in 1987. Of course, we dropped 22%. The S&P dropped 12%, the third biggest, and it was the biggest NASDA- NASDAQ percentage drop, uh, ever. Uh, and of course, uh, That was a big, big day here. Remember something about the S&P, though. As bad as that day was, it wasn't the bottom. We didn't bottom until March 23rd, uh, a week later. Uh, uh, So the overall decline was about 34 percent. February 9th, 2020 to March 23rd was about a 34 percent decline. um, And we're up, what, 75 percent? Since then, Carl, Uh, if you want a lesson, guys, from all of this, I think and I was talking to Jim Paulson about this uh, so fast and big was what happened. It was a breathtaking drop. But then we had the Fed with the fast and big to save the world. So remember that week that was announced, the Fed instituted a massive uh, stimulus program, monetary stimulus program. And Carl, they cut rates to zero essentially uh, and unveiled plans for big asset purchases. So big drop, but a big return. and A lot of it due to the very aggressive action. Uh, by the federal reserve carl back to you
2: all right bob thank you yeah remarkable to think back uh, to that day a year ago let's get to rick santelli it's been a pretty decent diet of eco data today hey rick
4: yes uh, lots of eco data not much of it was pretty and if you look at an intraday of tens you can see it's rather stochastic kind of choppy because there really wasn't anything great about the data. What I was amazed about is it didn't show more of a downside in yield, upside in price. Open the chart up to three sessions starting Friday when we had the high yield post-COVID close. And you could see the deterioration's been very small. And that really is the point. Not big concessions with respect to interest rates, not big corrections. Now, let's take a longer view and let's look at a 10 for one month. There's a nice bias there. This is beginning of March and if you look at beginning of March boons you can see the difference there and the reason I did it that way is because One's moving more to the upside in yields. One's moving more to the downside in boons. But boons are still significantly higher in yield than they were three or four months ago. The point is is that we seem to be leading the way with respect to higher interest rates and, to some extent, firm equities. And what's the dollar doing through all this? Well, this chart starts at the last Fed meeting. Even though the Fed's dovish, the market of interest rates has been more on the hot side. The dollar's siding with interest rates. Carl, Jim, David, back to you.
2: Alright, great. Thank you very much. Uh, tech is definitely doing some heavy lifting today, making up for some losses in banks, energy, industrials. S&P record high, we're about 24 points away from S&P 4000. Um, for those who don't yet know, uh, diamond hands is a common emoji on uh, social media regarding, I guess, Jim, how would you describe it? The ability to withstand losses without fear? Exactly. It's the
3: type of thing that tells you, of course, GameStop, if you sell it, I don't know, there's a purgatory, there's a place in hell. How many circles of hell are there? Dante's Dante's, it's Dante's, Dante's hell, and David, I'm trying to get you out of it. Thank you. Is that Shirley Bassey? Diamond hands, David. Right. Yep. Yeah. Shirley Bassy. Yeah. Love that. David, that if you one. don't get into that
0: world, I mean, there's 9 million people in that world. Let's move on to Goldfinger now. 9 million people. Um, 9 million people who have diamond hands? No. No. Who aspire to have diamond hands? I see. Okay. Well, now I know. And I appreciate you guys explaining it to me. Thank you. Uh, keep me informed on all of these things. Have we figured out what the ice cream cone means with the, with the frog? Bye. No. <laughs> means bye. No. Okay. How's
3: it, geez, yesterday GameStop got hit so badly. We've got to find out who the sellers are. Yep. Really just get, take but them to the woodshed.
0: Shares of Viacom are still forging ahead, up another 1.7%, 163% this year, over a $60 billion market value now for Viacom. My God, it's seven. Just to put it 18. in perspective, a year ago the stock was around 11. Well,
3: no. I have Dow Chemical on tonight, and stock was at 22. And Fitterling came on and said, listen, I think this is crazy you got to buy the, you know, I'm buying a huge amount of stock. We're doing terrifically. And sure enough, it caught the bottom. Stock's at 62. So there are some remarkable recoveries here. Is it still too late? I don't know. It yields 4.45. Uh, you didn't need diamond hands to be in that one. Carl, we're teaching uh, him. No, Starbucks
2: isn't. Is yeah. No, I, I, David knows. I, I was thinking of Starbucks, too, today, Jim. Uh, low of 53 a year ago, uh, 111. And today, BTIG goes to 130. As they see a material acceleration in comps, we'll we'll see. If we all end up going to work, we're going to need coffee. Starbucks bottomed that day
3: when a particular hedge fund manager uh, came in on our air and said that, well, it's going to be a tough moment. And that's exactly when it bottomed. I'm not going to name names anymore because I'm tired of getting phone calls because I don't like speaking to hedge fund managers.
2: (laughs) There's There's a look at the open. We're back in a moment. All right, Jim. So lucid tonight.
3: Yes. Also, a crowd strike after they report We're going to find out how much Microsoft has to do with all these different problems uh, at Dow Chemical. But Peter Rawlinson is a miracle man. He's fun. He's fast. Uh, and everyone should watch this. It's going to be unbelievable. It's the one I love. Lucid Air. What a car. What a car. Put David in the trunk and put David in the front. Doesn't matter. There's two, there's two boots, as we like to say. Oh, there he is in the back. Yeah, you. you go, I'll oh, drive you, you around. The back That's is the so long. I'm gonna end in. up as your chauffeur. That and sounds why not? About right. Why not?
0: Yeah. Can sounds do well. about right. But I am gonna go zero to hundred as fast as possible and knock you just. Oh no! It's yeah. zero to one hundred without a problem. Yeah. Right here in the parking lot. I love it.
2: Oh man, I, I'm glad the booth is able to have a little bit of fun today, Jim. We'll <laughs> see you tonight, Mad Money, uh, six p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
4: This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you.